funny this morning. We walked in, and guess what? Everybody walked in. We were like, thank you, Lord. And, you know, this is kind of the way it felt. You know, it's, it's just, have you ever been there? Like you try to go after God, but you just don't feel it, right? And you have to, in that moment, you have to remember, what has God done for me? So this morning during prayer, it hit me at one point. I was just sitting here, and I was like, I'm not going to hell. Yes! Whoa! Eternal damnation and punishment. I'm not going. Are you not, anybody in here not going to? Yeah. That's pretty good. Even if God never did another thing, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about that. I'm pretty stoked. And you know, even when I'm having the worst day ever, I can remember that and put praise on for that. And all of a sudden, I'm having a better day because I'm remembering the things that God's already done. But see, the things that God's already done, it, it really just simply points to the things that he also wants to do in your life. And so if he's already done something as big as that, as given you his son, how much more does he want to do in your life? Matter of fact, turn to uh, Romans 8.32. This is not on your handout. But turn to Romans 8.32. present song was good this morning good choice Barrett thank you Romans 8 32 he who did not spare his own son did he spare Jesus no and and who did he is there anybody here that knows that he didn't spare him for you anybody besides me know that that was he gave Jesus for you personally Anybody with me? Yeah. If you agree, like say amen or raise your hand or something. All right. We're, we're going to have participation class this morning. Amen. I say something. You agree. You say amen, right? Amen. Pastor, J, amen. Pastor JB says amen. And this is, this is, hold on. This is amen. And this is a loud amen. Right? <laughs> Y'all heard that before? Amen. All right, good. <laughs> All right, so he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. No matter who you are, you are in us all. And us all defines you. He delivered Jesus over for us all. Say, I'm in us all. I'm all. There you go. You're right there with me. Amen. Praise God. He delivered him over for us all. He says, how, in other words, if he delivered Jesus over for you, for the us alls, how will he not with him, with Jesus, freely give us a few things? Oh, oh, did I say that wrong? How will he not freely give us all things? Amen. You see, when you start to see what God has done, you start to understand what he wants to do. He doesn't want to leave you in that hole. He wants to pull you out of that hole. That's what he's all about. He wants to pull. But see, guess what? That's his heart. It's been his heart for 2,000 years. But oh my goodness, how many of us have actually found ourselves in a hole? How many, was, how many is bold enough 
to say and recognize and realize that it was a lot of times your doing that got you, <laughs> amen, that got you in that hole. How many of us will recognize and realize that if this is his heart and we're still in that hole, then there's something we probably can do that there's a condition that's left for us. And generally that condition is simply to believe on him. This is his heart to freely give us all things. What's all things? You name it. I mean, it really does mean all things. You name it, as long as it's in the goodness and the will of God, all things is yours. And he gave Jesus, how in the world will he not also give us all, all things? How will he not do that? This is the question that is being asked here. How in the world is that possible if he'd give us the most valuable thing ever? It is awesome. Glory to God. I'm not going to hell. And with that, he wants to give me all things. Man, I just start thinking about that. You see, all of a sudden, I can take that hole and tell it where to go. Amen. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. But yet that, that hole that we've been in, it wants to remind you that you're in the hole. It wants to get you like this. Because if you're like this, looking down at the hole and the ditch, the one thing you're not doing is looking at him, setting your eyes on things above. That's the one thing. And so we have to make sure that we keep our eyes focused on the truth and not on the circumstances. It's the same thing. See, everybody, they're like, well, Peter walked on water and we're happy about that. But we all want to look at Peter and be like, but he sank. You know, we want, we were like, how many does not remember that he sank? We all remember he sunk, Right. And, and some of us are like, I'm not the only one, and it makes you feel better. I get that. I understand. I'm with you on that. But here's the thing. The whole point was that Jesus didn't want them to sing. Yeah. Yeah. And he used that as an example to keep our eyes on him, not on the circumstances, not on the waves. And as we will stop looking at the hole and stop looking at the ditch and start looking at Jesus and the things eternal and where he seated us in heavenly places with him, all of a sudden, our, our vision changes, our sight changes, a smile can come back on our face. And we can actually let people know about the joy we have inside of us, not just tell them about it. They'll see it. And it'll become real. But we've got to put it on. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Happy Father's Day. <laughs> that was a free one. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 1. You know, that really determines everything. When we start to actually intentionally purpose ourselves to look and set our eyes on things above, not on the whole, everything shifts. Everything turns in our life. And you start to wear the glory and the joy and the hope of God. And then I think it's in Peter, it says that, we, all of a sudden, people start to recognize, hey, they got hope on them. They got hope on them. But you know, one thing that's missing in the world today is hope. Yeah. And big part of the reason is because Christians haven't put on the hope that's actually in Christ. Right. But he says over in Peter that you will need to be able to give an account for the hope that is within you. That means that people are going to need to be able to see the hope 
You need to be wearing it. You need to be walking in it. Hope preaches. But we've got to, we've, we've got to actually remember who he is, what he's done. Get in some joy. Get in some hope. Put a smile on our face. Stop looking at the hole and the ditch that we're in and set our eyes on things above, not on the things below. Set our eyes on things that are eternal, not on things that are temporary. And when we purpose ourselves and when we're intentional to do that, all of a sudden think our whole life changes and shifts. Amen. How many, who needs to hear this this morning besides me? I need to hear it too. Amen. That's good. That's good. For the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, well, we'd pray for you. I feel like messing with you all this morning. It's all right. Genesis chapter 1. Today we're talking about on Father's Day the dream of a father. For as long as I can remember, I remember I was talking about this the other day, I dreamt of a family, and one part of that dream that I had was to be a daddy. As long as I can remember, I wanted to be a daddy, I wanted to be a father, and I just, I was excited to be a father. It was just, man, I can remember thinking about it when I was little. I remember looking at my family that I had, seeing how awesome it was, and thinking, one day I'll be the daddy, and I'll have some kids, and we'll have this blessed thing, this blessed present that God gives, right? And I had a good example of that. I realize not everybody has a good example of that, but I, I had a good example of a God-given gift of family, and because of that good example, it caused me to desire to be a daddy. Man, I wanted to be a father. And as much as I wanted to be a father, though, there was a time and a season when it came about, and I had to wait until that time and season came about. And we talk about it a lot here, that even though whether you are a physical father or not, if you are a male, you are called to be a spiritual father to somebody. And if you're a female, you are called to grow up in God, just like the men are. Grow up, mature, and be a spiritual mother to somebody. We should not be sitting still. We should be growing in God. Amen. All of us, we should be growing up. So whether you're a physical father or mother, you are called to be a spiritual father or mother. And we honor that. We honor that here. It's very important to us because all of us have this responsibility to grow up in Christ and be who God's called us to be. And then that means that we're going to have people in our lives that we mentor and we help and, and, and maybe they don't treat us right, but that's okay. That's all right. That's what we're here for. We're here to bear the burdens of one another and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. So we grow in these things and, and we go after God. You know, being a father, it, like, it, it sounds cool when you're like having the baby in the hospital and like picturing this, this idea like this, you know, picture here. It looks, it, that looks awesome. But they don't tell you about the diapers. That looks so good. But that is not the whole story. That is not it. That's not all of it. They have some bowel movements. And that's not what you want to call them when they happen either. You want to talk other, other ways. Because they're not pretty. For those of you who have not experienced such things. They're not pretty. 
but that's a part of it too. We're living in a world that brings with it its own corruption. And in the middle of that corruption, there's some messes. And sometimes, you know, I just want to be a father. Well, this is part of it. Big boy, time to grow up. Man, I can only imagine how much my dad probably wanted to tell me that. I never thought about that until right now. <laughs> he probably wanted me to know. But, you know, sometimes we run into some messes, and that's a part of it as well. You know, in our lives, a lot of times all we want, we just want everything clean. We want everything working out. No problems, just sail through. That's the same way we are as Christians. You're like, let me give my life to Jesus and everything will be perfect. You're, you're in the wrong world for that to happen, right? We're in. You realize we're like behind enemy lines here, right? Now, he has no authority over us, but that's where we're at. It's where we're at. We can set up the kingdom of God in the middle of all that darkness. We can plant a stake in the ground and light it on fire and, and let the darkness run. But it's not that the devil's not going to challenge you. And as a father, as a mother, it's challenged. And, and even, you know, as much as I wanted to be a father, guess where I got that from? I got it from my daddy. He wanted to be a father too. And you know, it, it wasn't like that wasn't challenged. Right in the garden. Right in the garden. Right where it started. Here comes the devil challenging the dream that God had. See, we know God wanted to be a father because he made us. And you know, he could have made us in any image he wanted to, but in Genesis chapter 1, it says he made us in his image. He made us in his image. He could have made us in the image of a cow. Thank goodness he didn't do that. He could have made us in any image he wanted to, but he didn't. He made us in his image. He wanted to be a father to us. And then he blessed us, gave us dominion over all the earth. And it's still that way today in Psalms, I think it's 115, it says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. It's still the earth, he's still given us dominion. But that doesn't mean that there's not challenges in this earth to come against his plans. The devil challenged it, we fell. But God had a dream, and he longed to be a father. We know because he made us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Just listen to some of these verses. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called the children of God. Oh my goodness, what a love. You realize the creator of the universe who could create and do whatever he wanted to do did not have to make you in his image and he did not have to ever call you children or desire you to be children. But he wanted to be a father. 
And such we are, that being the children of God. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now, if you're born again, he's talking to you. Now are we the children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. In other words, once he comes back and returns and we receive a glorified body, we will be like him. See, right now we're just seeing a part of who he's really created us to be. We see through a glass darkly, but we're moving forward. We're getting revelation. We're maturing in him. We're growing up. But right now, this is what we can see. He wanted to be a father. He made us in his image, and he wanted us. He wanted you. He wanted us all as children. That's awesome. Think about how many times he did not have to do that. He could have just left us. He could have created us in any way. But he said, I want to be a father and I want you as a, my child. Man, Lord, thank you for doing that. You didn't have to. It says this, he wanted, he wanted children. He wanted children. He wanted not just humans like we think of them but he wanted them to be and act like him and to think and act like him to walk in a power to walk in an authority in daniel chapter 11 i think it's verse 32 yeah and in verse 32 in the king james it says this that when we get to know him we will do exploits it's talking about humans. It's talking about his children. It's not talking about God. It's talking about God moving through his children. We will do exploits. God desired to have children like him that spoke and it was done, that moved. See, this is all just preparation for eternity. All he's doing right now is setting you up and teaching you and training you how to be like him throughout eternity. This is why we need to learn this stuff. We need to learn it now. Because the more that we do now, the better off we will be in that time. And he, he gives us the example of, of the good steward that says, hey, you'll be, you are in charge of a little. Now let me put you in charge of a lot. See, if I want to serve him well, I need to learn how to do everything and move with him and move in spiritual things well now so that once eternity gets here, I can just, I can jump right in the game and serve him because I love him so much and he loves me. And you need to be the same way. We all need to be moving towards doing the call that he's called us to. This means we need to mature. We need to grow up. Because he's not looking just for a whiny baby. Amen. He's looking for a child that once was the whiny baby, but that grew up and now can be like him. And he's looking for that in each and every one of us. The dream of our father was to be a father that multiplied himself across the universe. That multiplied himself. Here's an interesting thing is that the father didn't want control. He wanted love and joyce. See, if he wanted control, all he had to do in the garden was say, let there be robots. 
and y'all and us and me and you and everybody else would have just walked around the earth, the corn come up in Jesus' name, you know, and that, that would have been it. And then we would have been just great robots. That's all he had to do, program us a little bit differently. But he didn't do that. He said, I'm going to give him a choice. You know why? Because God is love. God is agape love. He is an unconditional love. And in that unconditional love, you can't walk in that without having a choice. And he didn't want robots. He wanted children. And what he did was he chose us. He chose us. As a father, he said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. I like you. I'm choosing you. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like you too. I'm choosing you. And to each and every one of us, he said, I'm choosing you. And when he chose us, all of a sudden, it opened up the door for us to turn around and choose him. And the verse that I put in there, John 15, it said, he said, you didn't choose me. In other words, you didn't choose me first. He said, you, you didn't even have power to until I chose you. But he looked at us, made in his image, and he said, I choose you. And he opened up the door for us, for ourselves, to move into love and now choose him. And so I'm not doing the things. I'm not doing the things in my life. And, and we don't need to be doing the things in our lives, in us all, in us all lives. We don't need to be doing the things just because somebody said it and you're going to get in trouble if you don't do it. We need to be doing those things because we love him and we choose him. And now we choose to be like him. This is the big difference. See, you can have two people doing the same thing. One's paying tithe because they're going to get in trouble if they don't. And one's paying tithes because I love you. Totally different things just happened. Same action, complete in the flesh, completely different in the spirit. You know, even going to church. I'm not going to church because I need to. I'm going to church because, Lord, I love you. All of a sudden, that person that moves in love and moves in a choice, they, they open up the floodgates of heaven for their love to just pour down in their lives. The one, the one who's doing it because they'll get in trouble if they don't, all they're doing, they move straight into the law and they're held accountable to the fullness of the law and you can't do it. The end of it is death. It doesn't work. You don't want to do. You don't want to do stuff just because it's wrong to do it. You want to do stuff because, I, Lord, I choose you. The biggest reason is because for us to choose him means we're being like him. Where he chose us. We're being like him. We're putting him on. We're allowing him to be the father that he really wanted to be. That choice is within our hands. See, you can make God a daddy to you and a father to you today. In, in Peter it says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. He chose us as children so that we could choose him. And listen to this, he didn't just choose you in creation. He didn't just choose you in Genesis. You go over to Romans 5 after we've all messed up and he chose us there too in our rebellion. He didn't just choose us in the beginning. Hey, I'm going to make some people like me. He said, I'm going to make some people like me. They messed up. 
they went down the path and it was the wrong one. And even when we got down to the end of the path, we could not help ourselves. We were sinners and we were enemies of God. He turned to us at that moment too and he says, I still choose you. He's the Lord God. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the garden when he created all of mankind, he looked through all of the lineage of, of mankind. He saw each and every one of us and he said, I choose you. And the only thing that's waiting now is just like that, that hole or that ditch that we're in that we were talking about before is for us to make a choice for him. You know, one of the best gifts that I could have ever been given was my children. That was one of the best gifts I could ever be given. One of the best ones ever. And I, you know, I just want to say this. Um, if there's somebody that's watching this today or you're here I, and you don't have children or you want to have children, I believe God wants to bless you. Because the same heart that he had to have children, I believe the heart that you have inside of you comes from him. And so if you're hearing this message and you're, and you're saying, you know what, Brian, I want that. We will stand up as a body. We will believe with you. We will, we will go through that with you to be there to support you, bear the burden, have faith with you, encourage you to believe God. Because he is a God who wants to give you the heart's desires that he's placed in you. So if you find yourself today, you're hearing this and you're saying, I want, I want that. I haven't had it or I want another one and, and it just doesn't seem. God is not a barren God. Amen. He is fertile in his life. He's the life giver. And we will agree and believe with you as well. So if that's you, just come up to me afterwards and, and tell me or send me an email or whatever. But let me know. I'm believing for new life. He tells us over in Exodus, I think it's 23, 25, he talks about he'll bless your bread and your water. And it says, and there will be no barren one, no barren. So no matter what you're believing for, if it's a promise of God and it lines up, we will believe with you. Like I said, one of the best gifts that I have ever been given is my children. So that I could be a father. Well, he's already chosen him. Why don't we give him the best gift by choosing him? And make him the father that he's longed to be. It's interesting, uh, on that thought in Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17... This is where Jesus went out to be baptized by John. Matthew chapter 3, 16, it says, And after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom... I am well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You see, God's looking for children in whom he can be well pleased. But let me ask you this question. 
what had Jesus done? I mean, he hadn't done any miracles yet. That's coming. He's not there yet. What had he done? What actions had he taken? Have you ever thought about that? It's like, what was the father saying I'm well pleased about? Was he talking about the future? Possible. But what had he done? He hadn't gone to the cross yet. He hadn't performed any miracles yet. As far as I know, he hadn't led anybody to Jesus yet. He wasn't the Jesus that we know to lead to yet. So what had he done? Why was God making the statement, I'm well pleased? You notice that God doesn't say, I'm very proud of him. God and pride, you know, it, it doesn't quite, it's, it's not kosher. That was dry humor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you laughed. Thank you. <laughs> I was laughing on the inside. I was just waiting to see who else caught it. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't go well. But he said, I'm well pleased. What had Jesus done? It's interesting because Jesus had done this. He hadn't done anything yet or had he. He had chosen obedience Jesus had chosen to mature and to increase uh, Luke 2:52 Jesus continued to increase in wisdom and stature or maturity and favor with God and man he had chosen listen to this we, we know from Hebrews 1:3 that everything that Jesus did, was the exact representation of the Father. Jesus had chosen to be like his dad. Even to this point, he had chosen to be like his dad. In other words, Jesus said, I'm not going to be like me. I'm going to be like him. Now, that's a statement. That's a statement. Because the world has taught us all this time, even in this corruption, you know, and, and what it's taught us, all it leads it to is dirty diapers. Because if it was leading us to God, it would have taught us to be like Him. But what the world's really taught us is, you be yourself. You be your own self. You be you. I don't want to be me. I want to be like Him. It's a big difference. The world, I mean, today, every, and listen, everybody, every joint in the body supplies. Everybody has an individual gifting. Everybody has an individual calling in their life, and that stuff's important. But it's not important to get on the side of pride where we say, I'm proud of myself. And see, that's a lot of times what we are with our kids. You know, just like our daddy, we want to see the good traits in our kids. You know, Luke, when he goes and he'll take a car and he's like taking it apart to see how it works and he wants to do that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's my boy. You know, that, that's the way it is. But here's the thing. I don't want to be that way just about the stuff that's personal to Brian. I should rather be that way on the things that he does that's like his father. See, the thing that Jesus had done, that God was not proud of him, but he was well pleased with him. The thing that he had done was he had put on his father. And when he put on his father, he wasn't putting on the corrupted version of a father. He was putting on the father who had no corruption in him. Who desired 
to be a blessing, who desired to give to us all his son freely and with him freely all things. He desired to give out of his love and to then reproduce more that would be like him, spreading the will of God all across the universe. This is what he desired. And Jesus put on those same desires. He put on that same coat of his father. And he had been doing it. And he continued to do it. And God the Father looked down. And even right there he said, look, you know, he... Most of the time people got baptized because they had sin. Jesus didn't have any sin, but he said, let me do it anyway, just to be all right, to fulfill all righteousness. God the Father looks down and he says, that's my boy. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. You see, when we start to put on Daddy, God, when we start to put on our Father and our lives and we stop making excuses for the corrupted flesh and all the dirty diapers of sin and everything else, what happens is we start to fulfill the dream of God. And God, start, God, God starts moving into that place where His dream is coming true because He's given us the ability to choose dirty diapers or Him. And we chose Him. And we started to choose to grow in the Spirit. And He looks down at you the same way he'll look down at Jesus and say I'm well pleased I want to be that do you want that do you want God to look at you and say I'm so pleased with you man I want that not only do I want that for me I want to fulfill that dream in him the dream of the father who knows how to move in his things, who knows how to bring about his will in the earth and across the universe. He know, A person who knows how to use their words and their faith and move in spirituals and see the things of God happen and not just be something where we check a box by coming to church on Sunday, but it has everlasting results and fruit. Jesus had chosen obedience. He had chosen to be like his father. He had chosen to be like his image. And because of the choices that Jesus had made to choose God, now he could actually be those choices. See, we can't be that person, that child of God, who's made in his image and walk in his image without making the choice to be like that. This morning, let's give our Father a gift that He truly desires. Let's choose Him, number one. And then two, let's not just choose Him, but let's choose to be like Him. Let's choose to be like Him. Let's complete His dream of us being made in His image. I just ask you right now to bow your head. We have such a loving Father who wants us to be like Him. He wants to be pleased with you so much. But you know what? Every single one of us, we've all fallen short of that. We've all come up short of looking like Him. 
And today, maybe you've never chosen him. Maybe you've never chosen him to be your father. But he dreams of you. He dreams of you to be his father. No, he dreams of you. He wants to have your whole heart. You know, he's jealous for you, the word says. He wants your whole heart. He wants all of you. We've been in a series called Temperature, talking about being on fire for God, and this is not that series, but it, man, is it close. He wants every bit of you. He doesn't want you just to choose him. He wants you in that choice to choose to be like him. But he dreams of you. And you may not have ever known him, but you can this morning. Maybe you've known him, but you've stepped away from that. You've made some decisions, and all of a sudden you found yourself, and that relationship with God is just not what it has been or what it should be. You don't feel pleasing to God anymore. Or maybe you've had moments where you don't. Maybe life happened, maybe there was a tragedy, or maybe you just made some bad decisions and you messed up. I've done that. Maybe today you just don't know. You've never, you just don't know. Do, am I going to heaven? Have I chosen him? I'm not sure. But if that's you today... In either one of those three things, you've never chosen them, you don't know if you chose them, or maybe you did, but you've fallen away from that. He wants, he dreams, and he desires that the relationship with you to be made right. He desires for you to choose him. He's already chosen you. So right now, if you want to choose him this morning, whether it be either one of those you never have or you just need it fresh again, you need it renewed, just raise your hand with every head bowed and eye closed. Just raise your hand right now. I need it fresh today. Keep them up for me just so I can see and pray for you. I see that, amen. I see that, I see that, I see that, amen. Keep them up for just a second so I can see it. Anybody else? Today I'm choosing, I need fresh relationship. I'm choosing. Keep it up. Keep it up so I can see it. Amen. I see that. I see that. Amen. Keep it up. Anybody else before we put them down? Anyone else? Just raise your hand right now. I need a fresh relationship with Jesus today. All right. Let's all just pray this. Just all say this out loud. Just say, Father, Right now, today, I choose you. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the Savior of my life. You're the director. You call the shots, and I will be like Jesus. I'll be obedient. I want to be like my Father and not just choose Him, but choose to be like Him. Made in his image. To grow up in him. And I believe. Jesus that you died for me. And when you died. The father brought you back to life. And when the father. You raised him up. 
You raised me up with him and seated me in heavenly places. Thank you, Father. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live like Jesus so that you can be pleased with me. Because I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now just, I, I know you just raised your head, but just I, everybody bow your head one more time. At least I didn't make you sit up, stand up, sit down, sit down, stand up. If when you prayed that prayer, it really meant something to you today, even if you didn't raise your hand before, but if you did, I want you to raise it again. When you prayed it, it meant something. You needed to pray that this morning. Will you raise your hand? Keep them up for just a second so I can see them. Anybody else, when you prayed that today, you needed that. It meant something to you. Something changed. Raise them high just for a second. I just want to see. I'll pray for you. I want to pray for you throughout the week and lift you up. Yeah, amen. I see all of those. Amen. All right, you can put them down. You know, our Father, He loves us so, so much. Enough to give His Son for you. And He did it all so that you could be like Him. That's crazy. But that's what love does. Sometimes love does crazy things for the people that they love. Lord, we just thank You for Your crazy love. We thank You, Father for a love that reaches down when we don't deserve it. We thank you, Lord, that you're there for us, that even in the hole right now, Lord, we just thank you that even in the hole that people have, that you can reach right down in there. Your arm is not shortened, but it can reach that person. I just thank you for it. Thank you, Father.